Hello, church family. I am glad to be able to share God's word with you today. We have been looking at images of the unexpected Jesus. Pastor Ron kicked us off with Jesus turning water into wine. And last week, Pastor Melissa taught on Jesus the teacher who washed the icky feet of the disciples. I think those were her words. And today, we will be looking at Jesus, the water walker. I love lakes, and I enjoy thinking about Jesus on a lake, in creation, outdoors. And when I'm outdoors, walking by a lake, I like to look for critters. I like to look for fish, birds, And I even like to look for muskrats. I know it's a bit odd, but I have a special affection for muskrats. You know what I don't like, though, about critters? I don't like when critters show up in my house. Recently, I was opening up a cabinet drawer in my home, expecting stationary objects to be inside, when out pops a mouse. I screamed, first a scream of alarm, and then the second scream sounded like this, Chad! For those of you who don't know me, Chad is my husband and my mouse handler. And I know some of you have that role in your home. My experience with my mice in my life are unexpected. They are one level of unexpected. But there's a whole different level of unexpected. Now, I want you to picture with me that you are coming home, and when you get home, you go to your bedroom, and what do you see but a wolf? A wolf with those fangy teeth just sitting on the edge of your bed, just sitting there. Now, do you think if a real wolf was on your bed, you might scream a little bit? I'm betting you just might. That's a whole nother level of unexpected. It's not only unexpected, it's eerily out of context. And that is what we're going to experience today in our story. An encounter with Jesus that is unexpected and eerily out of context. Today's story will ask two questions. What are the disciples afraid of? And how does Jesus meet them and us in our fears? First, let's consider the context. There is a great crowd that is following Jesus because of the signs he has been performing. Jesus and his disciples are sitting on the mountain when this crowd of 5,000 arrive And Jesus feeds them miraculously. Then Jesus sends his disciples back down the mountain and he tells them to cross the lake. He gets back up, dismisses this crowd, which is a miracle in of itself to get rid of 5,000 guests you've just fed that are following you. And he goes further up the mountain and he sits and he prays alone. You can find this story in Matthew 14, 
Mark 6 and John 6. We'll be in John 6, 16 to 21 today. Will you join me? When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Now let's recap this story. The disciples began rowing across the lake, which is also called the Sea of Galilee. They're rowing for three or four miles in a storm in the dark. Then they see Jesus walking on water. They freak out. Then they take Jesus into the boat, and the book of Matthew tells us that the wind stopped. The storm stopped when Jesus got into the boat. And then immediately, they're on the shore where they've been heading all night. It's unexpected, and it's full of miracles. All three accounts tell us that the disciples were frightened. Well, what are they afraid of? I think most people would say, it's obvious, Kathleen. They're in a storm on a lake That is what they're afraid of. And perhaps they were. They've been rowing for three or four miles in the midst of this storm in this big lake. And the lake itself, you can picture, is three times the size of Lake Minnetonka. It's a big lake, and the waters are rough. If you've ever been caught in the middle of a lake in a storm, you know it can be scary. But in all three accounts of this story, the phrase they were frightened or terrified is used in association with seeing Jesus. The message puts it like this. When they saw Jesus walking on the sea quite near the boat, they were scared senseless. In the other two accounts, when they see Jesus walking, they cry out, It's a ghost! This is not the only time Jesus is not recognized by his closest friends. Nor is it the only time that they think he is a ghost. The disciples are frightened by this ghost named Jesus who is walking on water. They are startled. How could this be real? A person walking on water? It must be a ghost. It's like finding a wolf in your bedroom. It's unexpected and eerily out of context. But this is a real story. These are real disciples, real people who lived And there was a real storm on a real lake and a real Jesus. A real Jesus that was fully human and fully God that walked 
on water. And then there was real fear. The disciples are afraid. Jesus meets them in their fear. And he meets us in our fears. How? How does Jesus meet them and us in our fear? We know from Mark's account that even before Jesus approaches them on water, he can see the disciples in the storm from where he sat praying on the mountainside. Jesus sees them in the storm. And if Jesus sees them in the storm, you can rest assured that Jesus sees you in the storms you're facing. Whatever storm you're in. How does Jesus meet us in our fear? First, he sees us. He sees us. Jesus sees them, gets up, walks down the mountain, and he reaches the shoreline. And it's at this point in the story that I say, wait a minute, what was the original plan? He had sent his disciples across the sea. What was the plan? So he comes down to the bottom of the shore. Well, did they think he was going to swim in the dark in the night in the big lake? Maybe. Did they think he was going to just maybe borrow a boat? He does that on Palm Sunday. He borrows a donkey. Or do they think that one of the other people just might have a boat there and he was just going to hop in for a ride? I don't know what the plan was or if there was a plan, but here's what he does. Jesus does my most favorite thing. He walks across the water. It's amazing. It's superhero style, my friends. So amazing. He comes near them in the most unexpected way. Might Jesus have been trying to show his disciples something about who he is? Perhaps that they would know that he is truly the Son of God. In their fear, Jesus comes near in the most unexpected way. How does Jesus meet us? In our fear, he comes near to us, often in the most unexpected ways. Jesus in the middle of the storm has their full attention. The disciples are freaking out at Jesus the ghost. And what does he say to them? It is I. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. It is the most common loving reassurance that we find in the Old and the New Testament. God comforts his people over and over and over again. It's as if he knew that from generation to generation, we would feel afraid. In other accounts of this story, Jesus says, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And this word courage in Greek is called tharseo. It's similar to the Greek for afraid, the sound of it, which is phabeo. They sound similar in Greek, but boy, do they have a different meaning. 
To take courage is this idea of being of good cheer, being of good comfort. Whereas fear is this idea of being terrified, being alarmed by. Jesus is saying, get rid of this and let's be of good comfort, of good cheer. Which one sounds better to you? I'm going for the Tharseo. How can Jesus tell us to take courage and to not be afraid? The common English Bible words it like this. I am. Do not be afraid. In the book of John, we see it again and again. Jesus is God made visible. He claims to be the I am. And the disciples would have recognized this name, I am. The first time God used this name for himself was when he appeared to Moses in a burning bush. Moses asked God for his name so that the people would know that God had sent Moses. And God tells Moses, Tell my people, I am sent you. I am sent Moses to bring his people into freedom from slavery. He parted a red sea, separating his people from their enemies, showing his tremendous power over creation, over water. Hmm. The name I am is used to assure us that God is present to act. He is present to save. Jesus, the water walker, is the one God sent to bring us freedom, freedom from our bondage to sin. He set us free by dying on a cross and then rising from the dead, conquering death, that we would no longer need to live as slaves to sin or to fear, that we would no longer be separated from God, but we would have full access to the power and the presence of an amazing, powerful God. Jesus is God with us, present to act and present to save. How does Jesus meet us in our fear, he comforts us with who he is, the great I am who conquered death, that we would be set free, free to be fully present with him. Once the disciples realized that it was Jesus, they were willing to take Jesus into the boat and don't you just wonder, what was the conversation like when Jesus finally hopped into the boat, the storm died down, and they landed on the shore? I mean, were they just like, whoa. I mean, what could they have possibly said at that point? But they were no longer frightened by Jesus. They were comforted by him. And I don't think that the point of this story is that Jesus comes to rescue us from storms. 
Rather, as Jesus walks on the water and he calms the storm, it's as if Jesus says to us, the very things that oppose you, I have under my feet. I am in control. I am Jesus. Jesus is with us in the storm, and he's powerful. There will be many storms in our lives. Some of us are currently in a storm, or maybe two, or maybe three storms. And we may feel regularly worried and afraid. Jesus reassures you, take courage. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I am with you. And I am present in this storm. I am present to act. How does Jesus meet us in our fear? He climbs into our boat to be with us. What an interesting time it is to talk about fear. I ran out of bleach to do my laundry. Fear of the unknown has depleted the bleach supply and the toilet paper and who knows what else from the shelves and stores. It's the what ifs that fuels our fear. What if I never marry? What if I lose someone I love to cancer? What if I get sick? What if I don't do well on a test or the career that I've chosen? Are you aware of your what-ifs? And when our what-ifs happen, either expected or unexpected, our fear is often fueled. I know what it is to have fear as a compassion. When Chad and I were in our 20s, his dad was killed in a car accident. It was tragic and it was unexpected. And when the unexpected happened to someone I love, fear grew in me. I couldn't help but say, if it happened to dad, why wouldn't it happen to me? How could it might happen to me? I began to repeat to myself a verse that has become very meaningful. I would say it again and again until I could fall asleep at night. It's Psalm 112, verse 7, taken from the Living Bible Translation. And since I'm a girl, I use the feminine pronouns. She does not fear bad news, nor live in dread of what may happen. For she is settled in her mind that Jehovah will take care of her. She is settled in her mind that Jehovah will take care of her. When do you let fear replace trust? I have a choice each day to live in fear or to trust that God cares for me. To trust that in Christ, I have power, I've been given power to live with courage. And so do you, my friends. In this current storm called coronavirus, let me remind you that Jesus, who walked on water, is the God of the heavens and earth. This same God 
controls every microbe, atom, and molecule. And he sees us in this trial we face. We can live with trust in him, demonstrating sanity, love, that helping hand, peace, and hope to a watching world. Knowing that our lives don't depend on whether or not we get a virus. Because God himself is the one who determines the days of our lives. The one who initially terrified the disciples with his ability to walk on water is the one who has the power to say, do not fear, because he conquered death. He sees us. He comes to us in unexpected ways. He comforts us, and he climbs into our boat. This is a remarkable account of a real life story that took place in the Sea of Galilee. Jesus climbed into their real boat. There was a real boat, a boat large enough to fit 12 disciples and one Jesus. Did you know that there was an ancient boat found in 1986 in the Sea of Galilee? It's called the Jesus Boat. Following a drought and low lake levels, two fishermen brothers were walking along the Sea of Galilee when they discovered this fishing boat from the first century. Orna Cohen, archaeologist and conservator of the Jesus Boat, said, It seems impossible that the boat survived and that it was found. I agree. There were very few boats here at the time, he said, and there are lots of reasons to believe that at least Jesus saw this boat and that he may have touched it and sailed on it. It seems impossible finding a boat 2,000 years later, Jesus walking on water. Do you believe in this unexpected Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus, who can walk on water, can also calm your fears and take command in the storms of your life? There are many responses to Jesus. Some are enamored by him. Others are offended. Some amazed some frightened. In this story, the disciples who were frightened recognized Jesus as God and worshiped him. They were glad to have Jesus on board their boat, present in their lives. What is your response to Jesus? And what would it look like for Jesus to climb on board in your life? How might he calm your fears? Jesus, God in flesh, walks on water, sees us in our storms, and comes near to comfort us. Let's pray.
Father, we come to you knowing that you are the Holy One. You are set apart as different. The one that could send your son, Jesus, to walk on water, to calm us, to set things right, Father. The one who would die for us that we could be freed from the burden of living to our fears. That we could have trust and hope and be of good cheer. Let it be said of us, God, that we are people that take courage and we give you all our fears. We pray this in the beloved name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.